the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, we go around the country to talk about the start of the NBA playoffs, a homosexual slur and unwritten rules cause controversy in baseball, college football's divide grows bigger, and the most recent UFC bout. Finally, we talk the NFL where some sad news comes out of Washington and Darius Geis faces even more problems. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 45 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyards of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. What's up, everybody? It's back. And it's Heather. I am through with this week, Lewis. Yes. Be sure to follow all us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can leave us an email at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. And how are you guys doing tonight? Uh, I'm with Heather. I'm over the week already. Um, this week which, can go suck a big old D. Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, the whole year thus far can just yeah. suck a dick. Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, I, I mean, it just seems like this is this is the icing on the shit cake this week mm-hmm. of 2020. So, Well, uh, next week nice, we might nice get little... double hurricanes. Oh, yeah. I'm down for that. At this point, I'm down for that. Okay. It's just, I feel like right now we're, we're getting like a diarrhea glaze on the shit cake of this year. So, um, there's a couple of tropical storms that are heading towards Texas and Florida simultaneously. So, okay. 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 First of all, you said we might get, we are not going to get those. Oh, we'll still get the constant rain. I mean, the Florida one, maybe if it hooks a, a different way, but if you've got one going towards Texas, we'll, we'll be all right. We as a country, because I still believe in social obligations to my fellow man. Okay, that's fine. That's You can keep your idealism over there, okay? I find myself increasingly <laughs> standing alone on that thread, but uh, so I'm going to get off my soapbox by saying wear a damn thread. mask. No, okay. But good news is, is I sold my house today. Hooray! That is great. They offered full asking price and everything. So, well, that's a win, Heather. Listen, my mar- my house was on the market for four days. I was gonna say it was like two point three seconds, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. four days. My uh, my realtor was amazing. Uh, I'm not gonna put her name on this because I didn't ask her, but like, if you need to know who she is, I'll hook you up. Yeah, I'll let uh, the show and I'll let you know because she was if, she. If you she live was, in the Fayetteville area and you yeah, need a if good you live realtor, in the Fayetteville hit area, Jewel up, or hit uh, Heather up. Yeah, because she I'm was sorry awesome. To drop the name like, of my realtor. Yeah, no, seriously. By like Wednesday, yeah, by yesterday, I had already had like eight showings. Wow. Yeah, and I was having like th- like two. It started at two, then it was going to like three or four a day. So like, yeah, it was, yeah, I did not expect it to go that fast, but that's amazing. So that's, you know, that's a highlight. That's a highlight. Yeah, it's definitely, that's definitely a big win, especially when, you know, Bragg is in the, uh, you know, we're at the tail end of the Brack. Uh, we're not getting the big influx of people that we, we did from like 07 to like 2010, you know? So, I mean, I'm always glad to hear people when they're trying to unload a home can actually do it. Uh, you know, because I've had buddies that PCS and or, or or got out and had to like essentially start renting the damn thing out. And you know, there's some pretty shitty like rental management mm-hmm. companies here, and you know, their houses got trashed and they lost value. And it's just uh, no, I, I, I pity I, folks. I got very lucky, so so we're gonna keep everything crossed and everything goes through fine. But yeah, we accepted an offer, and I'm that that was that's the high. That's my high. Good. Well, let's start today's show in the NBA, where the Los Angeles Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks, both touted as NBA Finals favorites, dropped game one of their opening playoff series to the Portland Trailblazers and Orlando Magic, respectively. Yeah. Uh, LeBron James posted 23 points, 16 assists, and 17 rebounds in a 100-93 to loss to Portland, where Damian Lillard had 34 points for Portland. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to Peck, uh, you know, friend of the show, 
uh, number two fan, as we'll call him. Um, no, no, he's number three fan. Number three fan. Karen, number is, three. Number three. Oh, Karen okay. is number two. Okay. Number three fan. Sorry, Peck. Um, but uh, he, he called the Bucks a paper tiger. And he's really spot on with that. Um, you know, they're having the same, the same shooting woes that the Lakers are having. Um, and LeBron did what LeBron does. He kind of put the Lakers on his back. You know, he put up a huge triple-double. Uh, it's just AD's not showing up. Uh, and playing up to his potential. And I think we all know that Damian Lillard is fucking capable of just dropping a couple 50 point games in there when yep. you're not when you're not paying attention. you know So if he's if, if Portland's pulling that off with him throwing 34 down, imagine what he could do in, when he turns you know, it on when he, when he puts that 50 those couple 50 point games up. So if the Lakers aren't careful, you know, they can find themselves down, you know, 2 nothing, 2-1, 3-1, and then your number one seed in the West is out. Um, honestly, as far as Milwaukee goes, I, they, there is talent on that team, but uh, people are sleeping on Toronto because there's no expectations. Kawhi left. Uh, you know, th- th- this isn't supposed to be a good team. Do they have a, a lot of star power in Toronto? No, but what they do is they play good all-around basketball, all facets of it very well. Um, and when you got players like Fred Van Vliet uh, showing up, uh, you know, dropping 30 points when he can. And it's just – it's Toronto's just uh, – I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. Well, this was Orlando. Yeah, I'm just, I, don't, I don't even care about Orlando. I'm just saying Toronto, <laughs> I think, is the team to beat in the East, and it's not Milwaukee. Okay. Um, you know, Orlando, there's a lot of young talent on that team. I think they just have to bring it all together. Um you know, if if they can play Milwaukee tough like that again, we might see another number, you know, a number one go down. Um, but ultimately, I think the champ is going to come out of the West. I think the West is just a lot better um, than the teams in the East are. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more surprised about the Lakers, actually, than I am the Bucks. Well, Milwaukee did beat Orlando tonight, 111-96, and the Lakers are up 20-12 to with 522 left in the first on Portland. Yeah, I mean, just Portland, they always seem to be the team that puts a good team together and never does anything with it. Um, but yeah, just give, if Dame catches fire and he starts dropping 50 points on the Lakers, I, I just, uh, you know... And, and AD's not showing up for the for the Lakers. You know, you got like Danny Green, who's not shooting well, and and a couple of those younger shooters, um, which I'm surprised they're playing more than J.R. Smith and um, uh, Waters. Um, you know, those are two guys that have proved once they get hot, they can hit it from anywhere on the floor. Um, but they're not getting a lot of playing time right now. So I mean, I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm 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 more surprised about the Lakers dropping game one than I am the Bucks. Um, I mean, the Bucks. I think Bucks and, and Toronto are the two top teams in the East, and those are going to be – I actually think Toronto's a better overall team. Um, but the Lakers, I mean, they were playing great basketball before COVID started. Uh, you know, they were the <laughs> best team in the league, and then now they come back, and it's just like, well, what the fuck's going on? So, Yeah. The other piece of NBA news tonight, the NBA draft lottery took place this evening, uh, Thursday. And the Minnesota Timberwolves won the right to the number one pick in the draft. Golden State, Charlotte, Chicago, and Cleveland round out the top five. And this is despite New York, Cleveland, and Phoenix having the highest odds for the number one pick with 14% each. (laughs) Um, I mean, can you imagine what Golden State's scouting department's going to do with that number two pick? I mean, they've already got Steph Curry. Clay Thompson locked down. Yeah. Um, I can see them maybe drafting Draymond Green's replacement and mm-hmm. letting Dr- Draymond walk. Um, he's kind of been diminishing returns. Uh, I mean, Golden State didn't like their runs not over. I think they just had a timeout uh, this season, you know, because of the injury to Steph and and Clay. Um, but like having a number two pick, and if I remember correctly, they have another first rounder later in the draft as well. Um, so, I mean, I would not be surprised. Who's that? Uh, Golden State. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I don't see them. They're not in the top 14. Yeah, it's. I think it'll be a later pick. I mean, I could be wrong because, remember, they swung that trade to send uh, 
D'Angelo. Uh, to Minnesota. Yeah, to Minnesota. Um, so I mean, it's. I think Golden State's just taking a timeout. I'm interested to see what Cleveland does at five, uh, because you know they went on a, a spree of drafting shooting point guards the last few years. Um, you know, they need a, a, a big man that can actually like a stretch four that can shoot and rebound and play decent defense. I don't know if you're going to find that in the draft this year. Um, but, uh, you know, it is Cleveland. It's the Cavaliers. Uh, and they've been known to draft Anthony Bennett number one overall. So I'm not expecting much <laughs> from this pick. Um, well, there is some dispute as to who the top pick will be. Uh, LaMelo Ball is a top candidate, as well as Anthony Edwards, Jameis Wiseman, and Dayton Ford, Obi Toppin. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think you'll probably it'll come down to Wiseman and uh, and uh, Ball. Um, Lamelo is probably the most talented of the Ball kids, um, and you know I don't I don't know if if Minnesota really needs a point guard. So yeah, I could see him going with Wiseman, um, but I mean, who fucking knows, man? Can you imagine Lamelo Ball being a pass first point guard on Golden State? Whew. You know. Uh, and the thing is, LaMelo actually has a decent shot where, um, as his older brother down in New Orleans, couldn't hit water if he fell out of a fucking boat. So, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for the draft this year. Uh, you know, there, I think there's going to be you're probably going to see a lot of reach picks. Uh, and I imagine you're probably going to see even more European players taken because there's not like a big consensus. This isn't going to be a stack draft class as far yeah, as and especially with, players. you know, the highlight of the basketball season having been canceled this year. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you didn't get to see the March madness performances, how they perform under must win games like that. Yeah. And, you know, that's probably going to factor in a lot. Um, the same with any draft that's going to happen in the next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. These, these scouts are going to have the uh, really earn their money to try and, and find the next great player. Uh, but again, what the fuck do I know? I just run, I help run a teeny podcast in Fayetteville, North Carolina. (laughs) Hey, we're about to be nationwide on a regular basis. Yes. Yes. We'll be nationwide as in North Carolina and Washington. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Listen, that's a lot of, that's a lot of miles in between. Okay. We will truly be talking across the country. There is, there's, there's a lot of America in between (laughs) those two, those two places. So. Well, let's turn to Major League Baseball, where I don't even know how to introduce this topic. Cincinnati I'm sorry, you, Reds, mean the, you mean the um, non-controversy controversy? No, 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 no. no we're going to start with that Brenneman. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's Cincinnati start Cincinnati Reds announcer thing. Tom Brenneman is in hot water after a hot mic caught him using a homophobic slur on when on air Wednesday night. God. Brenneman issued one of the most awkward apologies I've ever heard before being replaced in the fifth. Uh, the announcer issued a second apology today, stating he quote had no idea it was rooted in hate and violence, which just proves that he's never watched an episode of The Office. Yeah, uh, or, you know, pays attention to the cultural lexicon of you yeah. don't use that fucking word. Yeah, um, that's that's like up there with the R word. You don't yeah. say it. You know, you it's don't like say it. It's not it's the R word, the N word. You don't you don't say those words. Nope. Yeah. Like nope. the thing is, is, you know, I'm sure at one point in our younger days, we used a lot of stupid language. But as we've gotten older. You know, and our society has evolved. Yeah. You know, you learned that, you know what, using that particular phrase, um, one, it's it's hurtful to people who are homosexual um, and it's it's not right, uh, you know, period. So you can do one of two things. You can correct said behavior, identify that that word is no longer to be in your usage and tell people fucking knock it off when they do use it. Uh-huh. Or you're Tom Brenneman, who says it live on air. And a uh, hot mic incident. Oh, yeah. And then doubles down with, I had no idea I this was know. a bad word. Um, I didn't know. I almost have to wonder, because it picked up in the middle of a sentence or something, if he was talking about it and somebody went flip. No, 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 no. So so I listened to it um, uh-huh. 
because I went on Twitter to because yeah. you know, that's right because you have to see the context because you have to see it because you can like because they will splice it down to the like millisecond you know mm-hmm. so I was listening to it and he said it he says it and there's there's nothing before it yeah you just hear it and then there's like this brief pause probably maybe like a 10 f- 5 to 10 second pause and then he's going into and then he starts like he's going to start calling the game yeah oh it's brought to you by da 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 so like there was nothing before it there was he was not mid sentence and it just comes out it's if, just if he's I can... just yeah he didn't know that the mic was on if that he I, was live I, I i i don't know i feel like Tim's right because and this is just a theory I feel like they were looking at the schedule or something or or they were discussing players and San Francisco came up mm-hmm. that's the only thing I could think about that's that is yeah. that's the only reason yeah that's and exactly it not that I view San Francisco no. that way but no. I know people do yeah exactly and that when you when he starts talking about it, and I think Tim's right, like some intern or assistant was like, "Oh fuck this dude," and like <laughs> hit, turned the shit on, and was like, "Bro, you're gonna burn for that one." Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, let's face it, Brenneman only has his job because his dad is a much, much, much more well known and better play by play dude. Um, Brenneman sucks. I don't know how he got on with Fox Sports to do the NFL games on Sundays. Well, it he's not legacy. this year. Yeah, not now. Legacy. Yeah. Legacy, that's why. But, I mean, he's a lot like fucking the Carey family and the Buck family. Um, you know, like Harry Carey, great play-by-play man. His son sucks. Uh, the Bucks, I have, I will never and have never said anything nice about uh, Joe Buck. He can just go fuck himself. Um, I, I hate his play-by-play. I, I think Troy Aikman carries his NFL broadcast quite a bit. And I'll never forgive Buck for fawning over Kyle Schwarber the way he did in 2016, uh, you know, when he was batting 187 or some nonsense. But, uh, you know, these these dudes live off what their fucking dad did and think they're untouchable. And as we saw today, that is not the case. Mm. Um, you know, Your so, daddy cannot save you no, from this. No, no. He has been suspended by the Reds. Um he has been it has been announced that he will not be calling Fox NFL games this year. Um, he even acknowledged in the middle of his super awkward on air apology that he doesn't even know if he'll ever be putting on the headphone headset again. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, that must have been such a difficult decision. How, how he just. The soul searching that oh, he God. had to do. He apologized that. to the people who signed his paychecks. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Listen, like that's how he phrased it. Um, he really dug deep, and you know what? This is this is something he's just gonna have to live with for the rest of his yeah. life. And yeah. then, and then there was that super awkward home run right in the middle. Yes, I mean. <laughs> He was like, you know, I, I want to apologize to the Reds organization and high fly to left field, you know, and, and it's going, going. And, uh, you know, I shouldn't have used that word. I did it in poor taste. And it's just like, Brenneman, take the fucking headset off and go home. You know, like if I'm the Reds, I'm going to like not to suspend. I'm going to be like, dude, I don't even know who this fucking dude is. He just showed up in the booth one day and, you know, like. It's I super just, fun that that home run landed in the judgment free zone. Yes, I love that. I mean that. Yeah, well, that's even better. I like, mean, the, the sad thing is, this type of behavior is commonplace in baseball. There's been players yep. who have had their tweets dug up from not. not I'm not talking ten years ago. I'm talking three years ago. Uh, you know, four years ago, where they were, you know, or they're racist or misogynist or homophobic, and you know, these guys are suddenly like uh, because they got called out. You know, they're like, well, I mean, I didn't mean it. You know, it was in poor taste. I was young. And yeah, I I understand growth as a person. But you could look at their face and read their body language. These people are only apologetic because they got caught. Yeah. You know, and that goes that goes into the larger, uh, you know, culture of baseball. Why is this still okay? Um, You know, to to act like that and, and, and essentially talk shit to people a whole subset of the population, uh, you know, because what they 
what they do and how they choose to love is different from the way you do it. So you feel you need to disparage them. Well, and you know what, though? I kind of feel like, like, if you know you're going to use that language, own it. Don't be faking your fucking apology because we can see right through that. Like, if that's just who you are, just own it and be like, yeah, I said it. And don't even offer the fake apology because that's worse. Yeah, do like John Rocker did. Do like John Rocker did. Just go full anti-Semite. Just lean into it. Yeah, just lean into it. Because because you're just now you're you know, you're just trying to rub salve on what you did. But no, like, no, because you clearly felt that way. So that's why you said the word. Yeah. 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 But you know, you can apologize for using something and not like deny the fact that you knew it was wrong. Yeah, that to me is the grossest part of it. I knew I I know that what I said was wrong. I'm sorry that I said it. I will work to be better in the future. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't double down on it and be like, well, I, I didn't know it was bad, bro. We've known it was bad for, <laughs> yes. for how it's long? It's been bad for like a long time. Yeah. And again, I point back to the episode of The Office that did a whole episode about that word. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I mean, dude, you know, there are gay baseball fans, uh, you know. There's gay yeah. players. Yeah. Imagine yep. that. There's gay players. There's gay players. There's transgender fans. You know, there, there. You, you have fans of all stripes from all, you know, uh, you know, all shakes, man. There, there, there's, it, you know, the, a fandom that big has as many groups within it. Yeah. You know, all stripes. Yeah. Why would you use that word, uh, knowing that it could drive a wedge between you and those fans? Um, you know, we keep hearing that the. The American people need sports. We need it. That's what dickheads like Jim Jordan and all these other fuckstick politicians want to tell us. Well, dude, I'm telling you right now, if I was a gay man uh, and I didn't even have to be a Reds fan, if I hear some fucking radio man dropping, uh, you know, that particular phrase or or slur on me, you know what? Fuck baseball at that Mm -hmm. point. If this is how I'm viewed by the people that are associated with the game, fuck it. I don't need it that bad. Um, You know, so, I mean, these, these fucking, these dickheads that are in charge of these franchises and are in charge of hiring for the play-by-play guy or the, the, the equipment manager or whoever the fuck it is. Okay. uh, You should probably go in on that. Like, Hey, we're going to do the deep dive into your fucking social media. uh, Because if, if you're going to use slurs like that in, in the press box, you've probably used them there first. And if yeah. you find it, sorry, dude, you're no longer a candidate for this position. You yeah. Know? No. Well, let's turn to the other Major League Baseball news this week. The so-called unwritten rules of the sport are under attack again. Fernando Tatis Jr. swung on a 3-0 pitch late in a game this week against the Texas Rangers. The ball happened to just go 370 feet for a grand slam. Uh, San Diego was up 10-3 at the time, winning the game 14-4. It's caused a lot of debate over the, quote, unwritten rules, hitting homers when you are up big, flipping bats, etc. Boo. All right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Well, here, let let me just start by saying I didn't know that this was an unwritten rule. So I was like, wait, the what? Huh? Yeah. What? And then I looked into it and I was like, what? Like, why? It's considered, quote, Poor sportsmanship. Oh, of course it is. Of course it's, it's, it is. It's, you know, Nick Saban running up the score. Up the score it's whatever. that type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. But listen, though, Nick Saban running up the score when it's like 74 to like 21, that's one thing. But what in this game, it was what, 14 to three, something like that? It was, that the well, score? it was 10 to three before the hit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the okay. the, the home run like made it 14 three. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so I was looking into it and then I was like looking at, um, like the players that kind of voiced their support over it, like over mm-hmm. what he did. He had a Mark, Amir Garrett, Johnny bench, um, Tim Anderson, Eduardo Rodriguez, Trevor Bauer, Colin McHugh. Well, Trevor Bauer will do anything to fly in the face of 
anybody well, that yeah, is considered said, establishment. I think, said, so. I think he said something that he was like the king of it or whatever. I think that's what mm-hmm. he oh, said. Yeah. Tre- Trevor Bauer got uh, put on notice for trying to wear Joe Kelly or free Joe Kelly uh, cleats, wasn't cleats it? this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because Joe Kelly threw at Astros players and has been very vocal about the fact that Astro players did not get any punishment. Yeah. But well, exactly. that's an argument for another time. Yeah, one, one, I miss Trevor Bauer in an Indians uniform, and I wish they would have paid to keep him. Um, yeah, well, absolutely. It, well Two, what I was going to say is, uh, ahead, well, my favorite one, well, my favorite one was Trevor, is it Pluff? Ploof? P-L-U-O-F-F-E? Yeah. Y'all please forgive me. I I don't keep up with MLB, but his was my favorite tweet. He said, this is my hill. I will die on it. Uh, Three three swings should be a regular part of baseball, no matter the score. At me all you want. The only thing wrong is that it might get your teammate hit because the opposing pitcher had his feelings hurt. So So is the wrong in the act or retribution? Yep. I mean, and that was my favorite. That was my favorite one. I, I hate, you know, they're running up the score. No, if, if even if we'll we'll go back to Nick Saban. If he's dropping seventy points on you and throwing the ball, you get paid. You, sir, get paid to so assemble nice. to assemble a staff to stop him from scoring. That is what yep. you get paid to do. Okay, if you don't want Nick Saban and Tua and that great cast of characters to fucking drop 77 points on you. Uh, talking about like some of those SEC games against like Ole Miss or Mississippi State or whatever the fuck, then stop him from doing it. And it's the same principle in this particular case. One, it's 3-0. That is swing away, bro. That is swing the fuck away. Yep. Okay. Two, Fernando Tatis Jr. is one of the most young, exciting players in Major League Baseball. He's got twice the ability and twice the charisma of his dad, and that's saying something. His dad was talented. He was good, but he had charisma in spades. He was very well-liked in Texas when he played there and St. Louis, okay? And then, okay, and then, bro, if you don't want somebody to hit a grand slam off you, don't throw junk in the guy's wheelhouse, okay? Exactly, yeah. You pitcher. That's what some the of them were saying, though. That's what some don't of them load were the saying. Bases, don't fall behind three and zero, and don't throw the perfect pitch. Yeah. Damn. Like, if man. you don't, if you don't want that to happen, don't put yourself in that yeah. situation. Well, yeah, because, because a because player like it? that is going to take you yard. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like that's what I think. That's what it was. Is he was counting on that three and zero rule? So he's like, I'm just gonna lob it because he's not gonna swing. And I like I like what Jeff Passan said. Uh, unwritten rules are unwritten because when you write them down, it exposes how truly stupid they are. Yeah. Yes, his was really good. I did yeah. like his. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, baseball, and I've said it a million times, it's, it's this old stodgy game that is having trouble adapting to a younger crowd. They need these young fans that every other sport is getting except baseball. I, I yeah. think I think baseball is kind of at that point that like the NFL and NBA were at in the 80s where you're starting to get the flashy players and, yeah. and the guys with the attitude and they're coming in on this sport that old white men love and they're not liking it. Yeah. I mean, and let's face it, like Mike Trout, Fernando Tatis Jr., um, Didi Gregorius. There's a lot of these young uh, Lindor um Jock Peterson, I mean, essentially the whole roster of the L.A. Dodgers. I mean, those are all young, very young, very exciting players. Uh, You know, even though they cheat all the time, uh, the roster of the Houston Astros, you know. Um, You know, there's a lot of young players coming up that are like, you know what? Fuck these old traditions, and I'm okay with that. I spent 16 years in an organization that, that, uh, you know, does nothing, does nothing but, you know, talk about tradition and all this other shit. And I'm sorry, the Army and their traditions are pretty fucking stupid nine times out of ten. Yeah. Um, case in point, pass and review for the 82nd Airborne Division. The dumbest shit ever. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and the whole, well, if you're up by more than two runs, you know, you shouldn't be swinging on a 3-0 fucking junk, you know, slider that's going to get jacked over the fucking wall by, you know, Heather when she's half drunk. You know, like... <laughs> 
it's it's that's not how that works, dude. If you don't want it to happen, do better. Yeah, that, absolutely. That is, that is life. Last I checked, yeah. you know, if if you don't want to look like shit in front of your boss every day, what do you do? You work harder and do better. Yep. Okay. Do you know how you don't look good in front of your boss? You don't throw a junk slider right into the guy's wheelhouse and watch it get launched over 370 feet for a grand slam. Okay. And then how fucking bitch made this dude is he go immediately goes during the, the post game con, uh, uh, press conference and on Twitter, like, yeah, man, he just violated that unwritten rule. I can't believe he did it. Uh, you know, it's like, dude, shut the fuck up, man. Oh, I hate that stuff. I, I hate it. Yeah. I, I, I really do think we're going to start seeing either baseball is going to die or it's going to go through the renaissance that the other major sports did in the 80s. Or, or you just see it become number four. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, honestly, which could very well happen if, if the NHL, you know, starts. I mean, th- there are hockey fans in America. I think we've seen that. But for the most part, it, it's kind of regional. You know, like it's very strong in the Northeast where it might just have passing uh, affection in the Sun Belt, Right. Right. Um, you know, and that's that's OK. You know, that is that is OK. Um, you know, so if it drops below the NHL, I wouldn't be surprised because this is a league that cannot adapt to a changing demographic, you know, uh, and, and until they figure it out, they'll continue to slip. Yeah. Um. Over in the UFC, Cleveland native Stipe Miocic defended his title again this weekend, defeating Daniel Cormier in what is likely to be Cormier's final fight. Uh, This was the third matchup between Miocic and Cormier, with Miocic winning the second and third fights. Yes, uh, Stipe, I mean, he's going to go down as one of the best heavyweights, uh, because right now I don't give a shit what anybody says. Like, this... Even though Cormier lost this fight, he is still one of the best fighters to ever get in a cage. Um, you know, he he held, he was the the uh, light heavyweight Grand Prix winner and light heavyweight champ in Strikeforce. He was a light heavyweight and heavyweight champ in the UFC. Uh, he's literally like the last five or six years only fought like the best um, in in those two weight classes. And look at the two people he's lost to, John Jones and and Stipe. You know, I mean. That's a good career if you can beat everybody else other than those two. Um, yeah. And Cormier is just a fucking stand-up guy, um, you know. And I, he, he's forty. You know, he he know he knew that the, there were, the writing was on the wall. Um, but I mean, I just I, I thought Cormier was always a great competitor. This was a, a good fight, um, you know. And I Stipe, I think Stipe's showing his chops. Uh, there's a lot of up and coming, you know, UFC heavyweights that are gunning for him as they should be. You know, Francis Ngannou, um, you know, Curtis Blades, you know, with some more seasoning. And then John Jones just vacated the light heavyweight title so he can move up. Uh, so I'm interested to see how that would work out because Jones won. I don't know if he's even licensed to fight yet because, you know, a man with his talents, uh, he likes to use steroids and cocaine and hit pregnant women while he's high on cocaine. Um, you know, he's kind of a shithead. Uh, but, uh you know, I, I think that would be an interesting fight because John Jones is just he's so talented and he's just so amazing and, and so capable with what he can do. And Stipe is a grinder, you know, like he can he's a blue collar fighter. And part of the re- that's part of the reason I love him so much that and he's a Northeast Ohio's own uh, and won his first title in the, in the summer of 2016 when oh, Northeast Ohio was the center of the sports world for a little bit. So for a brief period. For for an eye blink. <laughs> uh, let's jump over to college football. The uh, the division in college football continues to grow. The ACC, SEC, and Big Twelve continue to proceed as there if as if there is no coronavirus. Although that has changed recently now that Notre Dame and UNC have suspended athletics. Uh, the Big Twelve or the big 10 and the pac 12 have already canceled their seasons with big 10 commissioner, Kevin Warren doubling down stating on Wednesday that the conference will not be revisiting their decision to cancel fall sports. Well, keep in mind, they didn't cancel. They postponed, they uh, postponed the, the yes. goal. The goal is still to shove spring college football at us, which opens up a whole other can of worms. Like how long is the season? Will there be a playoff? 
and how do you roll that going into the fall 2021 you know fall 2021 so right. i mean it's it's like you know you can't have your cake and eat it too on this point you can either just fucking call this year a loss and kick off fresh next fall rather than trying to shove these poor kids into you know like a two-month season uh give them like a two-week break and then they roll into spring practices getting ready for the fall so um but yeah I mean, the fucking, I can't remember, I think it was the SEC commissioner said that, you know, an SEC without tailgates is better than a Big Ten with no football. No, uh, that was the uh, Ole Miss a- uh, athletic director okay, or something so like that. 80s. Yeah. Yeah. But see, There's somebody at Ole Miss. Yeah, this is, this is the issue you get when you have a fucking piece of shit president like Mark Emmer who – decides to work with the division councils at the FCS division two division three level and cancel everything. But at the top ranks of uh, college football, you know, you've given and seated any kind of decision-making authority to conferences and these conferences can't get on the same page. Um, You know, and you look at what's happening in the ACC right now, like Tim said, you've got North Carolina and Notre Dame are suspending fall athletics. Uh, uh, UNC and NC State, the ACC, are going to a totally uh, distance model of education starting on Monday. Um, you know, they UNC itself had over 200 brand new cases of COVID over the last week. Oh, it was God, the governor yeah. of Mississippi. It was their governor. Okay. Um, well, that, ex- that explains a lot. He probably doesn't even know how to read. Um <laughs> He's, he's not yeah. wrong. He's he's uh, listen. <laughs> Mississippi routinely ranks like in the bottom three of all fifty oh, states yeah. of, of everything you know, except of literacy. Everything. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's Mark Emmer. If he had a pair of balls in that flappy thing of skin dangling below his shaft, um, he would sit those conference commissioners down as like, listen, at this point, I'm taking control of this. Uh, we're going to either cancel or postpone or whatever the fuck. And, and then we're all going to get on the same page and do this together. Um, but, you know, that's not Mark Emmert's style. Uh, and honestly, I think it's time for us to do one of two things. We just really just start dragging him on, on social media or somebody, uh, you know, gets a nice little petition together to have him removed. Because Emmert sucks. I, I, I just can't stand the guy. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you saw it, but the commission on eligibility said that they should suspend all eligibility issues for the year. Which yeah. I which I think's great. I did now, see that. Basically everybody gets a free year. Yeah. Now is Mark Emmert gonna follow through with that? That's a great question. Who fucking uh, knows? Because it's Mark Emmert. You know? <laughs> I gotta hate that guy. Uh, Tell us our, how you really feel, Matt. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I, I I don't understand how you could say I am the president of the NCAA, and I only exert authority over three quarters of my organization. Yeah. Our, in, the, our, in the real world, you know what that gets you? Fired. fired. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Uh, our final, our final region of sports for the evening is the NFL. Uh, quick announcement: We are hosting a fantasy football league this year. Yeah, uh, we, we have we have one or two spots open right now. Um, mm-hmm. If we get enough interest to start a second league, we will. But our main league, we will do a live draft. I think we said next Wednesday, the twenty sixth. Our episode will be interspersed among our, our draft picks and discussion. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, I love fantasy football. Uh, it's fun. And then you get together and you just like talk shit to each other and make fun of each other's drafts. And, you know, I love that part of it. Um, listen, I don't, I don't think that you guys are prepared to have two tacos in this league. Okay. And if you've never watched, the league i highly suggest that you watch the show the league because you'll understand it later but i'm just telling you now you guys are going to have two tacos in this league and i don't uh, think you're ready for that i i think the other best part of fantasy football are team names um <laughs> it's always it's always I, team names. i love the team names i went for something a little non-region specific this year uh edelman for president um so of course did 
Absolutely. Uh, Julius is the last man standing, and he's my homeboy, and uh, he gives me hope that short white dudes can do great things. So maybe oh, short white dudes with beards. Yes, yes. Although my beard is better than his, uh, but he is. It is, and yours, yours is a little more voluminous. Yeah, than but he he is, he is substantially better looking than me, and that makes that does damage to my self esteem. But I overlook that mostly. <laughs> I haven't picked my team name yet, but I will definitely have something by next week. That's very unfortunate. No, it'll, no. It'll, number it'll one fan and I were very excited about our team names, so. Tim's team name will be Brown specific. Uh, no, I know, no, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Or it's going to be a mashup between the Browns, the Office, and Star Wars. It's going to yeah, be a there, mashup. There's a distinct possibility there. That's mm-hmm. a good point. That's a good point, uh, Heather. That's a yeah. good point. Mm-hmm. So be be on the lookout for next week when we do our live draft here on Hometown Crowd. Um, Before we get into our final topic for the night, there is some breaking news. Just before we started recording, Adam Schefter broke the news that Washington head coach Ron Rivera has told him that he's been diagnosed with lymph node cancer after a self-check. It's in the early stages and it's considered very treatable and curable. Um, He is the 58 year old coach is consulting with doctors and specialists and establishing a treatment plan. But Washington does have a plan B in place, but they're going ahead with business as usual right now. Yeah. Riverboat Ron is, he's one of the good guys. Uh, he always seems to be like really upfront. Um, you know, very, you know, a lot of transparency. He just seems like a genuinely nice dude. Um, and honestly, I don't wish cancer on anybody, uh, any kind of cancer, even if it is curable. So, you know, I, I hope it, you know, good vibes out to the Rivera family and Ron and and hopefully he doesn't miss too much of the season because that dude is a football lifer. Uh, and I don't know what he would do without the sport. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, and what I was going to say is like even when he was with the Panthers and I hate the Panthers, but I always liked him. Like he always yeah. seemed like a really good dude and he would always kind of like get out in front of controversies as they would happen. And like he seemed to run like a really tight ship and he always seemed like a really good dude to me. So I yeah, definitely Definitely hope, uh, wish him a speedy recovery. Yes, absolutely. Our final uh, topic. To, well, hold on. Something yes. too. I don't know if you guys have seen, but the Chiefs, their announcement of they yes. are banning Native American kind of like headdresses and infantry, but stuff yeah, like that. yeah, Good. face paint and all of that. Yeah, they're 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 doing away with that. Um, they are also looking into changing. Uh, two of the favorite traditions of the Arrowhead Chop and the pregame beating of the drum. So that is something that is coming up as well. So, I mean, it's it's about fucking time. Um, I mean, we, we've seen the Native community of this country just generally be treated like shit from the inception. Um, you know, yep. so let's let's fucking back off the, the Native American names and the, the chops and the drum beating and all that shit. Um, and, yeah. and just, but look. you know, good for them. Good for mm-hmm. them. Absolutely. You know, this is good for them for doing something that Major League Baseball isn't doing. Yeah. Or is yeah. it just doing it as at a snail fucking pace? Oh, that's that's exactly it, Heather. It is a snail's pace. It's like the the announcement, like for Cleveland, came out uh, before they even started the the truncated spring training, and then we haven't heard anything about it since. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel it's it's Cleveland kind of like, hey, we said we were going to do it. We showed the intention we're going to do it. But if we drag our feet long enough, maybe it gets lost in the in the news cycle, you know. Um, so it's it's up to people to keep these, uh, you know, organizations feet to the fire to make sure it happens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, kudos but, to Kansas City for doing it. I still think they should change their name as well. But well, yeah, and but one thing I'm not super stoked about is that they're planning on having 16,000 fans in attendance for their season opener against yeah. the Texans. Yeah, I mean, on September it, 10, I'm not super stoked about that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> is, is it any really is it not. any worse than fucking Jerry Jones saying in Jerry World we're going to sell this bitch out? It's like exactly, oh, dude. But you know, but again, like I said, good for them. Good for them. Absolutely. For, for 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 taking that step, hopefully other teams will take the hint, and yeah, so good for them. Yeah, and from good for them to bad for him. Uh, oh, 
Former Washington football team player Darius Geis continues to face problems concerning his treatment of women. Uh, After being released by the Washington football team last week following his domestic violence arrest, two women have come forward with accusations that Geis raped them while at LSU. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Heather, please, please. <laughs> I know you've got please a lot to say here. Let me have the floor. Here. Yes, please, please. Let me have the floor on this. Yes. Because I have three pages of notes that I've been sitting on and I am very upset. Go for very it. Very upset. Okay. Go for so, it. what this is, two two former students have come forward alleging, again, we'll say alleging. You have to say alleged otherwise you could get sued. Exactly. So, we'll yeah. say alleging that guys assaulted them in their apartments when he was a freshman with the team. And this was back in 2016. Mm-hmm. And from what we, what I, what we've been hearing in the story is that at least two coaches an administrator and a nurse knew of the assaults oh. and, and under title nine rules, which were in place at the time of the alleged assaults, Universities are required to investigate sex assault claims. So how does this get swept under the rug? With Geis, there was no investigation into the assaults, and Geis went on to have a 32-touchdown, almost 3,100-rushing-yard college career. So, like I said, these... These alleged attacks happened in 2016, which means that either Les Miles knew of it or Coach O knew of it. And from what I saw, Coach O was the coach at the time. But, again, it's the timing of when exactly they happened. Because, yeah. you know, Coach O came in right in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so the first victim was a tennis player who met Geis at a bar, and he kept buying her multiple shots and drove her home. She told USA Today, who was running this investigation into it, into what had happened at LSU, that she was extremely intoxicated to the point where she was way too drunk to give consent in the first place. She did give him permission to enter her apartment, but told him specifically that nothing was going to happen between them. And she informed a counselor at a rehab facility that she subsequently checked herself into from drinking and prescription pill abuse about the abuse, who then informed LSU. So it happened. She realized it happened probably... I think it was something like she she woke, she, like she came to realizing it was happening, something like that. So anyways, so and so allegedly the counselor at the rehab informed LSU. Uh, her father approached her tennis coach to inform her about Geis, and the coach said, replied that she didn't believe her, mm. didn't believe her at all. And she wound up speaking with the Washington football team's attorney for three and a half hours. Okay. So this was before he was even arrested. Okay. That she talked to him. All right. So the second victim, and from so what wait, I. Wait, wait, wait. This yep. accusation came out before he was arrested? Yes. Like it came out to Washington before then? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And they so, sat on it. Yeah. So the second victim, well, because I think what it is, is because USA Today had gotten wind of all of this shit that Geis was doing. So they were digging into it and came up on these things, came up on these assaults back at LSU. Mm. And from what I understand, the time, the timing between these two assaults is maybe like a month or two. So they're back to back. So the second victim was assaulted while she was sleeping in her room after hosting a party at her house. Geis was there with a few other players, but she said that she eventually went up to her room and shut the door to go to sleep. When she woke up, she knew she was being assaulted and she believed it was Geis 
because his dumbass put his number into her phone and then told the other players that he had had sex with her. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I can just see. What? Yeah. Okay. So, so she tells her friend that's, that was a diver for LSU who let her coach know. And the victim wound up getting an email from LSU saying that they were aware of the incident and that the woman could get treatment at the university health center. When the nurse asked her whether she wanted to file a complaint or file charges against Geist, the woman said that she was scared to go forward with it because he was so violent. And she claims, too, that the nurse um, basically told her that it would probably get swept under the rug considering his status at LSU. He was an up-and-coming freshman. Yes, of course. And so, allegedly... Guys became violent towards her um, a little while later when she confronted him about it. And oh, let me get to that part of my notes because I sort of got because my, my other notes in front of that. Yeah, it's in all caps and it's bold. So y'all know I'm, I'm about to get real, real <laughs> fired up about it. But she made it clear when she made it clear that she did not consent to have sex with him. She claims that he got violent, that he allegedly confronted the woman while she was at a friend's apartment. She claims that he went off telling the woman that she doesn't know guys and threatened to go get his gun. So, so there's that. So then, at the time, she was also dating another recruit who was approached who was approached by Coach O about a year after the assault to tell him that he shouldn't be bothered by guys sleeping with his girlfriend. He says, and I quote, everybody's girlfriend sleeps with other people. Fuck him and fuck that. Okay? Listen, I lo- I, I have loved Coach O from the start, but this is not fucking okay. No, at all. absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. As I know what some of our listeners are saying. I will play devil's advocate on this and say, like, maybe Coach O didn't know the extent of the situation that had happened. He might have just heard locker room talk, you know, that, oh, you know, D, fuck this, this dude's girl or whatever. Like, he probably didn't know exactly what happened. But it's still not okay to basically slut shame a woman. That you, especially one that you don't know. Yeah. At all. Um, if I may, though, on the flip side of the argument you just made, mm-hmm. Coach O is the same one who said we need to press forward with football and coronavirus because America needs exactly. football. Uh, exactly. Football over everything. Exactly. No, I, I got you. Exactly. I'm not. Me and Coach O are not having a good week this week at all. Not no. at all. And so this victim also wound up using drugs and alcohol to cope and was arrested and checked into rehab over it. And, and so this is LSU's bullshit statement, blanket statement that they've put out. It says that LSU and LSU athletics take all accusations of sexual assault with the utmost seriousness. Formal complaints are promptly and fully investigated and the rights and privacy of students are protected as stipulated by the Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act. Uh, Complainants are also strongly encouraged to report the offense to law enforcement and are provided information, uh, move, get out of the way, on health care, counseling, and supportive measures available. Okay? That's such a bullshit statement. Yeah. That's just them just trying to protect their ass. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, they didn't even bring up the fact that they violated Title IX by not looking into it officially anyway. And Uh, the thing is, is that the girl has an email saying that they are aware of the incident. So that means if she has if she has that email from LSU saying that they are aware that an incident occurred and then they still did nothing about it, that shows that they violated Title IX. Yep. Right there. Yeah. Yep. And just so just so our listeners are aware, you can find a list of schools with Title IX complaints online. Yeah. You can find it. 
Yeah, it's and, a public database. Now, the issue, the biggest issue with Title IX, though, is to get that information, like the actual investigation, you'd have to FOIA it. And here's the shitty part. FOIA laws by state are different uh, than the federal FOIA law. Um, so Title IX is a federal directive. If you FOIA a Title IX investigation, sexual assault investigation, look at what happened at Baylor. Mm-hmm. Federal request for years. While that journalist sat there and waited, and those sexual assaults at Baylor continued until it finally hit the fan, and then that's when it was approved. Um, and that, that's the shittiest part is that those poor women, one, it's, it's, it's the, the rape is the worst part of it. The next part is you had two other athletic coaches mm-hmm. Who that, knew? that knew about it and did nothing about it. Yeah, like it's not even just football covering this up. At this point, you've got football, tennis, and, tennis. and diving. Yeah, yeah, tennis and diving. You have an administrator that knows, and then you have a nurse that knows as well. And so, and I looked, I looked too before we did this. I looked at the time of this recording. There are no complaints against LSU or Ohio State, just because those are the two schools that we rep here. Yeah, right. Which begs the question. What is and isn't getting reported, and how big is that problem? Yes, I, I, I agree with you there, Heather. These big state schools, you know, LSU's, the Texas, the Ohio States, the you know, the UNC's, the Floridas. If if any of their fan base thinks that there are not sexual assaults happening by their athletes, they are they're very naive and stupid. Um, a lot of these athletes that end up at these at these powerhouses are. Are, I mean, I hate to say it, people like guys who went in there thinking that they're very entitled and they can do whatever the fuck they want. You know, I mean, it, it, it no because point. they know they have the protection of the yeah. university. Yeah. And see, this this is the kicker. Um, I, I, I listened to a couple podcasts like did you, you know how many uh, the actual successful prosecutions for rapes brought to the NYPD is like percentage Probably wise? very low. It's about 12 percent. It's actually best- higher than I expected to yeah. be fair. Um, but it's it's only they, they only proffer charges in twelve percent of reported rapes because they don't investigate them. You know, and if you think that a police department with the finances that the NYPD has isn't investigating rapes, do you really think the campus police of Louisiana State University, the very university system that almost didn't open four years ago because they didn't have money in the budget to fund public education? Do you really think the police department there is going to investigate it? Fuck no, especially against a football player. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, okay. So, so this is this is my TED Talk moment on this. So, um, just just humor me, please, if you will. Um, I don't get to have many of them on this podcast, but this one's mine. So, I'm going to take it. Um, and so, for me, I feel that these women, if these women were trying to be vindictive, that they would have tried blackmailing him either after it happened or when he went to the NFL. They have nothing to gain from coming forward now because he's been on the he's been on the injured list for what what the last season? Uh, at least season, season and a half. He, exactly. he he barely he barely played in the two years he was in Washington. Exactly. And so they likely finally felt brave enough to come forward because they didn't feel like he would come for them. Yeah. And being a woman, it is so difficult to believe to be believed for just about anything. And there are women who are, are there women who make false claims and completely undermine the pursuit of justice? Absolutely. I'll give you that. That happens. I said, but, and I think what has been making people so uncomfortable and wanting to throw uh, like a side eye to the me too movement and all of those who are bravely coming forward is that there are so many and these voices have been silenced in one way or another. So, so you haven't heard it, you know, you, you don't hear their voices, but now they're finally, you know, they finally had enough and they're tired of just going with the flow for so long and never feeling any sense of closure or justice for what happened to them. And I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm going to share something with y'all and, and I don't think it's something that, you know, but I'm one of those victims. I'm not going to go into detail about what happened, but just know that it takes a level and it's going to make me emotional, but it takes a level of strength to, 
to make the decision to come forward and report your assault or to not to for whatever reason that you feel is best that most people cannot even begin to fathom. And I am so glad that this predator is off the team and will stand trial for what he's done, regardless of where he went to. And just always remember, for me, always remember that what happens in the dark always comes out in the light. Yes. So I believe these women, and if you're struggling with something too, or you know someone who is, I believe you. Yeah, I mean, I Heather, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. And and that that's th- this is you know, the the gross thing about society is that one we ignore the damage that are that is done to victims of sexual assault. Um, you know, it does damage their ability to make connections with people to have successful relationships. Um, you know, it it could drive them to suicide or substance abuse as they try and deal with um you know, the trauma of what they went through, you know, the shitty thing is, is I, you know, I was never a victim of sexual assault, but, you know, I know the mental health struggles when trauma happens, you know, in another way. And I, I feel for those women that, you know, had to go check themselves in the rehab and and seek therapy and seek counseling. And then it does take a while to kind of, uh, I don't want to say move past the trauma because it's not something you, you can get rid of, but to be in a spot where you're, you feel like you're strong enough to step up and say something, you know, and I applaud every woman, uh, one for making it through an ordeal like that. And two for stepping up and saying something. And, uh, you know, when can we get this fucking right and stop thinking that it's okay to force yourself on people? Uh, regardless of, yeah. Like regardless of where you are. Yeah. Like just uh, because of, just because of like, where you go to school and what your position is in that school that does not make you above anything no. at all. No. And, and I, I don't give a fuck who you are. It's not even just that. It's like, hey, dude, guys, you don't have to get a girl blackout drunk to hook up. All right. When if she's not capable of giving consent, that means you should just, I don't know, maybe put her in a lift or an Uber, let her go home and you take another lift and Uber and go to your home. Um, you know, like. It, it, it's, you know, it's it's fucking gross. And as, you know, a dude, you know, Tim, you and I served, and Heather, you've been associated with the military for a long time. You know, uh, the, the sexual assault issues there are, are probably almost as bad, if not worse, uh, mm-hmm. than, you know, major co- uh, collegiate athletics. You know, and you see the shit happen, and you're like, bro, knock it the fuck off. Under no circumstances is this okay. You know? Um but yeah, Heather, I'm with you. Like, fuck him. Uh, I hope he pays dearly for what he did. Um, and I and I absolutely, I, I absolutely, you know, am for LSU getting punished for this because they absolutely violated Title IX. They yeah. knew they should have looked into this, yeah. and they didn't for whatever their fucking reason is or whatever. And y'all know I am diehard LSU. Like, I have a tattoo to prove it. Like, I am that. Yeah. That is my team. But I am so, like, angry and, like, disappointed because now it makes me wonder how many times has this happened over the years and nothing has ever been said about it. Yeah, I mean. It, and I that think, applies to any school. That, yeah. that can apply. To, that's that's insert your school here. Well, dude, like, that's at, what that is. Look at Baylor. Look at Baylor, a fucking church-run private school. They had a systemic issue and, and basketball and football of them raping uh, and, and sexually as- harassing and assaulting uh, women on campus, you know, and the NCAA just kind of was like, ah, Meh. you know, our, our Bryles, you know, was fired. Um, had a huge, that was enough. That's yeah, enough. Had a huge buyout. Ken Starr, uh, you know, had to step down as president of the university. Like, but there wasn't any like long lasting effect to the athletic programs. Um, over what they did, you know, mm-hmm. and and that I think that's a deeper cultural issue here in America is that, you know, our athletes uh, are supposed to like be this um, privileged class of people where the law doesn't apply. Mm-hmm. But you know, they're they're the players. We need our football. We need our football. Yep. You Football's know. the most important thing. Exactly. Yeah. Rah, rah, rah. 
you know. But yeah. anyways, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I appreciate yes. that. Well, we love you, Heather. And again, <laughs> I, I, I think you were this, the right this person. Was, this, was, this was just a story that hit very close to home, very personal. And so, yes. So so thank you, boys. I appreciate it. Well, well, well we, we appreciate you, Heather. So... Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. You can find us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get in the conversation at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Hometown Crowd Pod. You can subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, drop us a review and we will read it on the air. You can find us on the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. Check out 910 Comedy on Facebook and check out our sister shows, That's Just My Face, Marital Tiffs, and Dead Girls Talking. For Mac and Heather, I'm Tim. Thanks for cheering with the hometown crowd. Later, everybody. Wear your fucking mask and and be sensitive and be there for people who have who have been victims. Oh, and also too, just because you're a 36 year old adult, yes, you know what? You can still wear that T-shirt that has dinosaurs all over it. Nobody's gonna judge you. Facts. Have a good night. Do you guys see the new Space Jam jerseys? No. What? I'm oh sorry, what? my god. The uh the LeBron James Space Jam jerseys uh are really really um special. See. I'm going to Google it. I'm pulling I'm sending you guys a picture right now. Uh <sighs> do I do I want to see these things? I don't know. Oh, what the fuck? Are you kidding? Those are. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So those will be the jerseys for uh, the LeBron James Space Jam 2 Toon Squad. I'm I'm uh, not okay. This is not. mm -mm. No. You take that back right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 2020 has been bad enough, and now we have to subject our eyeballs to that. Uh, no. Oh, God. Oh, I, I, I mean, the shoes are kind of fire, though. I, 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 don't don't get, shoes. I don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> <laughs> the shoes aren't bad, though. I'd wear the shoes. <laughs>